This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. We're helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. How's your car world today? It's awesome. How's it been? It's awesome. It's been fun. I've been having a lot of fun working on my sports car and doing different stuff, maintenance on my other cars, and then helping people with their problems. It's, it's always interesting and changing. Fantastic. And we want to welcome our guest, Roddy Merritt, who helps educate people on best practices when buying a vehicle. Roddy's been in the car business for over 10 years, works for Mazda of Jackson, and has a podcast, The Smart Car Buyer. We're glad to have you, Roddy. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Well, and today we're going to talk about how do you select the right car for you from all the brands? What are there, a dozen different car makers, and each car maker has a dozen different Lines. Gosh, yeah, it's give or take. It's it's <laughs> extremely hard nowadays because there are lots and lots and lots of good cars out there. So, what are some questions a person needs to ask themselves when they say, "Okay, it's time to get a different vehicle"? Um, there's a lot of questions, obviously, and you can go into it multiple ways. I think the biggest thing is people don't really know what they need versus what they want because cars today have so many cool features and gadgets and we always want the biggest and best newest thing but so many people come to a dealership and they don't really know what they need you'll see people all the time i'll use my mom for example she has a brand new suv it seats five it's just her and my dad and they have two grandkids that sometimes they'll haul around but not a lot well, they took a trip last year, and they ended up having to all cram into one vehicle, or take two, or they ended up deciding to take two vehicles actually. And now she wants a third row SUV. So I'm trying to convince her: if you go to the beach once a year, it doesn't justify you needing a third row SUV. So it really just boils down to what you actually need. A lot of people need to kind of hone in and see what they actually need versus what they want like on a daily a, a day-to-day basis like right. for instance I, I like the idea like if someone is in the city and they're not really driving high mileage they can get a v6 or a car that they don't have to worry about the mileage as much but if you're driving 20 to 30 minutes a day to work and from work you really need to look at the gas mileage and maybe getting a smaller engine vehicle and that sort of thing yeah i don't think people realize that that factors in so much absolutely i totally agree with that and I'm thinking of maybe parents who are getting a vehicle for their student who maybe is going out of state to college. You want something that's more reliable, um, something that uh, maybe won't need a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. Very safe, too, I would think, because a right. lot of wrecks happen when you're younger and you're learning to drive. 
and that sort of thing. So what your models with the more safety features and a better safety rating. That's right. That does vary a bit between models. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. I know some people they're good friends with the Ford dealer mm-hmm. and the Ford owner, so their family only buys Fords. Is that a good a metric for deciding what car to buy? I think that's fine because you get comfortable. You know that car. You know that company. You kind of know what they do and what they don't do. I've got my favorite. I, I drive a Nissan sports car. Obviously, Nissan's my favorite. But I know those vehicles. I know the different engines they have. I know what I'm up against. I think it's good. What do you think? Yeah. I, again, I think it all goes back to what you need. Uh, if that brand offers what you need and it's a good brand, it's got a good reputation you do know that person i tell people all the time you need to get to know your salesperson at whatever dealership you're going to these are the people that you're putting your payment in for multiple years to come you know you're going to rely on that vehicle if there's a problem in the future hopefully not but if there is you want someone that you can relate to and talk to and that sort of thing so i don't see any problem with that a lot of brands are encouraging brand loyalty they want you to schedule your first oil change with them now and that sort of thing so i don't really think there's a problem with it 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 really boils down to nowadays it's really really hard to buy a bad car cars are being made to last longer and longer alice and i were talking cars are being made where they can go longer intervals in between oil changes now i I see cars that can go 7500 miles in between an interval for an oil change Mm -hmm. so 120,000 for spark plugs where it used to be 30,000 that's right so you're you're seeing cars being able to last longer and that's not just certain brands that's nearly every brand yep. that's out there. They're making it so it's better for the person who's buying the car. Well, take, for instance, someone who just wants to, doesn't have a lot of money, and they want to buy the cheapest car they can. Mm-hmm. Should they go and buy the cheapest that there is? I would say Maybe no. for a for a used car, is yeah. a cheaper the cheapest always going to be the cheapest in the long run? I, w- I would say no. Typically... Uh, when you see someone who's looking for a certain price point, whether it's a cash car or payment car, either way, they're not taking into consideration what they're using this vehicle for. Like I said, Allison, if they're driving long distance, you're putting a lot more wear and tear on your vehicle than you would just driving around town, typically. And you're typically going to need things like tires, brakes, sooner than the person who's just hopping around town, not driving their car, putting a lot of miles on it. Typically, those cheaper cars are cheaper for a reason. And that reason usually is that either they're high mileage, they haven't been taken very good care of, multiple reasons. But I always tell people I would caution you on buying a cheaper vehicle and not expecting it to need lots of maintenance. That's typically the case. Well, between our calls today, we're talking about choosing a ride. We'd love to hear why you chose your ride. When we were buying a minivan, I wanted the ones with the lay-flat seats because we'd already had one minivan, and you had to... You could remove the seats, but then you got where you were going and you had no seats. Or you had to try to lift the seats out and it was heavy, so... 
regardless of uh, reliability or any other constraints, that functionality was what drove my choice for a minivan. But we want to hear your reason. Give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. What about status? Uh, some t- people say, I'm only going to buy brand X cars because ooh la la, that's they like their commercials or in their mind. You've made it if you've bought this kind of car. What about that as a reason? It works. It works. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, I probably should should say yes to that, considering I work for a brand that is very good at that marketing. But however, I will say this. Um, today, cheaper cars are getting better, and the more expensive cars are getting cheaper. So it's kind of it's kind of a two edged sword. You're seeing luxury cars become attainable just about for anyone, uh, but you're also seeing the cheaper entry level cars having lots and lots of standard features. Yeah, lots that of we require. Um, you know, neat. five five years ago, it was extremely hard to get a backup camera on a car. That was a luxury feature. Nowadays, just about any car you buy comes with a backup camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would say that. The status thing, it, it is what it is, but I wouldn't necessarily buy thinking you're going to get that much better of a car. You do get certain things that you can't get on any other car that you get with that. There are certain luxury brands who really pride themselves on putting things like soundproof glass, extra extra sound deadening things, so you get a lot quieter ride. Of course, they you know give you nicer seats and things like that. However... A lot of companies are paying attention to that, and they're wanting to give you that on their entry-level cars. So I would, I would really, really recommend that people do their homework. But one thing that people aren't doing is they're not test-driving enough. So I would encourage people test-drive cars more. Um, NADA census of study says people spend 13 to 15 hours online shopping, and they only visit 1.3 dealerships. To me, that blows my mind that people aren't test driving cars anymore. So I would encourage people to really get a feel for the car, test drive it, get a good test drive. Don't just drive around the block. You know, drive the car. Dealerships are going to want you to drive their car because, like I said, just about every manufacturer is making really good cars now. So they want you to drive your car. That is a fantastic idea. And I think we will talk about that in our next segment. So we're talking about choosing a car. If you have a problem with your vehicle, go ahead, give us a call. Allison is here to answer your car questions. Our number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. Aside from talking about test driving, we'll also talk about recalls when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill with our guest, Roddy Merritt. If you can't listen to our show all the way through live, find our podcast. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm cleaning up the house. And Roddy has a podcast, The Smart Car Buyer. I could easily find it. You just type in The Smart Car Buyer into the little magnifying search engine on your podcast platform, and it'll come right up. Recalls. There aren't any government recalls this week because of the government shutdown. But you can find out if your car has any past recalls by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and you just put in your VIN number. And there was one thing that uh, I guess is a... Self-recall, Subaru vehicle production is halted to fix potential defect. The Japanese automotive brand has temporarily stopped production of the Subaru Forester and the Subaru Crosstrek, its second and third most popular American models, respectively, behind the Outback. The production... Uh, If the production shutdown continues, the automaker could eventually face shortages of those vehicles at U.S. dealerships. The issue stems from a power steering defect covered in Crosstrek, discovered in Crosstrek and Forrester vehicles. The defect may affect about 10,000 vehicles in the U.S., but not sold to customers yet. And this is an example of where you live might determine what kind of car you buy. My daughter went to college in Vermont. Every third car on the road in Vermont is a Subaru. All-wheel when, drive. When mm-hmm. my um, siblings, they all went to college in Colorado, and when they were there, every third car was a Subaru. Yeah. All right. We have some calls. We're going to go to Homer. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead, please. Hi. How you doing? We're great. We're glad you called. Um, this is for Miss Walker. I have a uh, GM Denali. It's a 207. It has a 6.2 liter engine in it. Truck has a couple hundred thousand miles on it. Um, always been meticulously serviced. Uh, always garage. But right now, uh, what I've got is a oil pressure problem. It it the oil pressure will stay up when you first crank it up. Once it heats up, um, it drops. The little ding ding light comes on. Um, I have had spent nine hundred bucks putting the oil pump in that truck and did not solve the problems. And and I've talked to different mechanics, and I don't know. It looks like Jim has made an engine that everybody is afraid of. Uh, I want to put an. I'm going to put another engine in that truck because if that's what I've got to do, because it's so clean. And I've looked at the price of one with maybe eighty or ninety thousand miles. If you can find one that mall, they're never that clean. That truck has never been wrecked. It's always been garage. So. Uh, I'd recommend have, getting it. Have any experience with those? 
Um, well, with oil pressure problems, for sure. Um, on this engine, what they need to pressure test and see what the pressure actually is with taking the pressure sensor off and see what, what you're getting, because it could be the pressure sensors reading off. It could be the gauges coming up to your dash that's reading off. It could actually have an oil pressure problem that's internal in the engine, and it could be worn out, and it's not able to hold the pressure that it was supposed to from the tolerances in the engine, which is kind of likely. It's almost never an oil pump issue with oil pressure. It's That's a little bit rare compared to the other two things that I listed. Um, so that was something you check out. It may it may need a new engine. It might just need a different oil pressure switch. Um, so with that being said, I'm, I'm not familiar with those engines having oil pressure problem that bad, but maybe some do. But... Um, what if you did get another engine i'd recommend getting one that's been fully rebuilt with any upgrades that they've come with the engine that are good for that engine and you know it's probably running about 3500 to 4 grand but that's cheap when it's compared to a new car price of paying notes and that sort of thing so um it, i would recommend getting the oil pressure properly diagnosed to see if it's an internal engine problem you can do that with a leak down test to kind of give you an idea if it's something going on in your valves or uh, but the other thing is you actually have to take off the bottom of the engine the oil pan and check the tolerances the crankshaft bearings right there those are, are your main area that holds the oil pressure in your engine and you can check that without taking the engine out or anything and so they should should be able to do that pretty easily and so that's what i'd recommend for you on that problem okay thank you you're welcome homer homer we're glad that you called in we're going to go to meredith in mobile meredith thanks for calling in to autocorrect go ahead so I have a 2006 Honda Element, and it's certainly not a status car, but it is the best car ever. <laughs> they are and good I, cars, yeah. They are, yeah. And why did you buy that one? Um, I just like the style of it, and I'm sort of wondering why it was discontinued, first of all, because they discontinued it about five years ago. Well, Roddy said that he had a, he had he knew the answer to this, so we'll let him answer. We'll let our sure. guests take it. Yeah, I it could be obviously for a multitude of reasons different manufacturers stop making vehicles 99% of the time it's it's going to be based off of the sales of the vehicle right. sales have dropped so if sales dropped or if if possibly potentially they had a lot of problems out of it which assuming it's a honda i doubt they did but it's uh it's mostly due to sales Every, everything is going to hinge on the sales of a vehicle of why they typically discontinue it Sometimes they just start getting a little bit unpopular, even though when they first came out, they were really popular. Like, let's say the Nissan Xterra, it, it sold in great numbers when it first came out, mm-hmm. and then the numbers dropped, and they dropped it after about eight years or so. Um, you know, the, the things, they'll be popular when they first came out, and the Element, I know, was popular when it first came out, as it saw a lot of them on the road, and then they just, you kind of didn't see them yep. after say five six seven years and so the sales just dropped something else got popular in that time that's right and kind of took the sales from it it has the suicide doors which is yep. not necessarily for everybody yeah 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 i worked on one recently and i and i i really liked the the vehicle i mean it's just a really it was a really good car it had very high mileage and it I, it didn't need anything but basic maintenance and a couple of minor repairs so what's that's a, my, my second question is uh so it's got two hundred five thousand miles on it how many more do you think i can get out of it I'm I'm a I am a very much a person that thinks you can drive a car forever if you take care of it uh, and if you have a good car to start. Um, 
my little my name at the repair stores is Million Mile Cars because I believe that we can do that easily. I believe the manufacturer should should have that as a goal. Some do. I think some don't. <laughs> but uh, if you take care of it, I think you can easily drive it to a million miles. Things like war- letting your engine warm up a little bit before you drive off. Make sure you do your transmission fluid changes and your oil changes in your air filter and, you know, your different maintenance items. And I think you can have a car that lasts that long. There's there's definitely known cases of cars lasting to that long, different different vehicles. But it is a matter of getting one that that's if it's if it's lasted to 200,000, if you never had a major problem with that car and you are taking care of it, I'm pretty sure you can go a good bit further without having a major problem with it. That's my thoughts on it. Fantastic. Meredith, what's a suicide door? A suicide door is that the door open backwards. They open the opposite way. Okay. I understand. All right. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate you. Let's go next to Russell in Meridian. Russell, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Well, I want to apologize for my telephone. Let's get replaced next week and get poor quality of transmission. But anyway, Strictly from an economic point of view, the perfect situation where they had to look at that first. My former, 80 years, and I'm 78. Hold, hold on just a second. Russell, can you speak up a little bit more? Yes, you, ma'am. Uh, okay, thank it's you. It's my phone. It's my phone. I'm, uh, but my uh, experience has been 30 years, strictly from an economic standpoint, is to buy a top-of-the-line car like Volvo, uh, BMW, uh, Honda, I understand, and maybe Mercedes. Top-of-the-line car and uh, get it at a discounted price. Maybe you have some high mileage on it. But the older Volvo would go with good maintenance would go routinely 400,000 miles with very minimal problems. And That's what I've heard about down. Volvos, too. I haven't owned one. Well, I, I've owned several. And, and what got me started off was an old 65 that I bought just to go to work in and save money on gas. And uh, so, but don't buy a, say, medium-sized car it's old and that has low mileage because those parts, by the car not being used, those parts, certain interior parts in the engine had deteriorated. You're right. But yeah, a low mileage car can have a lot of problems. I, I had one like that one time, just little things, little gaskets and rubber parts that had broke down. That's true. If you have I a car, it, drive it regularly. Oh, oh, Russell, well, uh, that is a a good concept of buying a uh, top-of-the-line car, and and usually they're top-of-the-line. Mm-hmm. That's for a reason. That's right. Let's go to Paul. Paul, thanks for calling in to uh, AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Uh, I've got a, a Mercury Marquee, and it gets about 20 miles to a gallon local. And about 24 or 25 on it. You're highway. kidding. And, That's and, and with and the I'm V8. Yes, the, the V8. V8. I'm handicapped. And I sit around a lot. Uh, this kind of weather 
and all wintertime, you know, and let it idle to keep warm. About how much gas will one burn per hour idling? Uh, just idling? I have no idea. <laughs> well, I think uh, you would have. Huh. If you're getting that good of gas, listen, I'm just going to throw some crazy number out there just from a guesstimate, uh, but maybe like a gallon, a gallon every four or five hours. Yeah. <laughs> I have it's no just idea on a V8, you know, so I have no idea. Yeah, it's a five point, I don't know. Five yeah. Marquee, you know? Yeah, those are good uh, engines. Um, yeah. I would, uh, you, you know, you've done the math. Well, you know the you gas know, mileage I when you drive. Uh, uh, this guy, when it's cold and all, and I have to leave it running, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, and I'm handicapped. I can't walk, you know. Yeah. But I can drive, you know. I have to get out of my wheelchair, uh, you know, and, and, and what have you. But, uh, uh, you know, how high price, high gas is, you know, you don't need to burn them more than you have to. <laughs> Right. Well, I, you know, if you're letting it warm up a little bit before you get in it, I would just do it for, like, say, two oh, or three I'm minutes and then drive I'll, it. I'll, I'll probably, when I get in, I usually drive it a few miles or whatever I get to where my next stop is. They, and then I leave it running to keep warm. And, you know, uh, people uh, uh, in business, you know, uh, I'll call them and they'll come out and wait on me, you know, sort of curb service, you know. Right. And, 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 uh, and you know, I really appreciate it, too, you know. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And so I just wondered, you know, about how much gas they would burn uh, per hour, you know, out in them. Do the math on it. Like you've done the math on the rest. Watch your uh, your gauge and see I, how I much it burns. I don't know. That's I, that's good. I believe that may be above my pay scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't have an exact engineer. answer, I and I imagine I need the engineer to figure that now. <laughs> but they got them to do it though. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we can figure out. We can figure out how much a tractor will burn per hour. You know. Yeah, I'm sure it's really a, not a very much though. I wouldn't think it's going to be. Well, well, I think it'd be worth it. What do you think it's burning now? Just give me a guess. I, I I'm going to stick with my guess of a gallon every four hours, something like four, that. Four hours. That's that's my guess, which is pretty low. I don't know. That's not. Well, a gallon would last that long or not, man? I figure it'd be worth it for you to just let it yeah. run. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. think it. Regardless, I'm cold. You know, I'm gonna let it run. Right. It's cold. Uh, you know, yeah. Whatever it is, you know. Paul, we thank you. That uh, that'll give that maybe that'll be some homework for Allison uh, for okay. her to to come up and see what uh, uh, what that do the math on that. All right. Did you buy your car because it came from a friend and you trust them? Did you get your car because you saw an ad? Call us. Tell us why you bought your car. Our number is one. 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. We want to help you with your car repair questions. You can also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. And what about an app that helps you drive your car? We've got a suggestion when we come back from the break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. 
Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and we have our guest, Roddy Merritt, who is with us today talking about how you select your car. We hope you've downloaded our app, the MPB Public Media app. It's at Google Play and iTunes. And according to LiveWire.com, one of the best apps for 2019 is RentalCars.com. All of the major rental companies have their own apps, and they all work just fine. But if you want to install just one app instead of dozens, the RentalCars.com app is the way to go. This app allows you to see availability and pricing for cars in your area from all the big-name car rental companies. So I guess if you don't have a loyalty, then that's a way you could find out about different car rentals that are available. We had a caller who couldn't stay on the line, but they wanted to talk about the Tupelo Auto Museum. And I guess the Tupelo Automobile Museum is closing soon. You That's heard right. about this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Roddy, I'll let you talk about that because we're going to be doing a group ride down up there. And so you know all about that. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, just due to multiple things that, that have been going on there, uh, they are closing the Tupelo Auto Museum. Um, I want to say that, that is the, the final time that it's closing, I think, is towards the fall, early fall. I would have thought it was in April. Okay. It, it may be in April. I, okay. um, it may be sooner than that. I want, okay. I want to say oh, that. March or April. March or April. And they're doing okay. the auction of all the cars at that right. time. That's right. But yeah. you can still visit. You can still visit. Uh, there are several, several groups um, locally. If you probably if you search Facebook, Tupelo Auto Museum, you'll see a lot of groups are going up there to try to get in on the action and enjoy those cars and enjoy that great place that, that's been there forever. And they have everything they do. from Italian to American muscle to just, mm-hmm. just a mixture of cars. I, I wasn't interested unless it had that great mixture, and it does. Mm-hmm. They have everything. It's like yeah. 200 cars or 100 yeah, it's, something. It's a it's a humongous auto museum, and it, it, it is sad to see that it is closing, but uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that benefit from it because they are going to get some really rare. There's a lot of rare cars, nice cars there. Yeah, And you'll see Roddy and I will be there with a group of people on February 23rd. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's when our group of folks are going right. to visit. So a car that's been sitting in a museum for a while, is that all it's good for, is sitting in a museum? Will they be drivable? Sure. So a lot of times they are. You just go through and see if there's a problem, you fix it. A lot of these older cars are so simple, they're pretty easy to work mm-hmm. on. Um, I see it on the classic car shows all the time. They'll go to a car that's been sitting up in someone's garage, some old Packard or something, and they'll crank it right up mm-hmm. once they check and make sure the fuel's good. And, uh, and if it's not, they just take the fuel line off, run it into a gas can, and, and crank them right up. And then it's just a matter of kind of just making sure everything's good, checking your parts that could go bad. If it's got good compression and it's it's ready to go, then yes, it can be it can be good with just some minor a lot of those, A lot of those auto museums, too, they, they take great lengths, and, and, and it's very expensive to maintain those cars to sit there so that they can drive away yeah. one day whenever they're, they're not in the museum. So they put yeah. battery tenders on them mm-hmm. and things like that. So Yeah, and they put the gas stabilizers in right. or, or drain it and put a little oil in the, the cylinders and that sort of thing to keep them maintained. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure they're well aware of that. Well, according to the Internet, the cars will be sold on Bonham's dot com b o n 
C-H-A-M-S, Bonhams.com. We'll have a link to that on this site, this show's website, and Bonhams is an auction, online auction house. So, awesome. Oh, well, there you go. All right, let's go to Vicki in Bay St. Louis. Vicki, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Well, I have one comment and two questions. Uh, you mentioned the element, and I love my element. And most people who have them either love them or hate them, but I think it's more like 90% love them. I agree. And of course, they don't make them anymore. And, uh, the comment is, is uh, is there a place we can uh, go to Honda and say, start making these again, because we, we will buy them again. I would buy a brand new one today if I could. Okay. I'm, that being said, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have uh, a question about, you answered my question a while ago about whether or not I should get a new car. You said if, it, if you take care of it, it should last. So. Is there a preventive thing I can look for? Is there anything that tends to go bad? I've already replaced the starter, but that's about the only thing. And it's a 2004, so it's a 14-year-old car, almost 15 now, probably 15. So um, is there anything that typically goes bad on the Hondas? Uh, Actually, no. Not not that I have found. Not on that particular vehicle. Now, I like to use carcomplaints.com, and you'd Mm -hmm. be amazed at some random Camry model that had a heck of a lot of problems of some sort. I, I was looking on there recently, and it was like... 2009 Honda Civic had major transmission problems or you know but that mm-hmm. that model had it so I like it to be more or a little bit model specific because sometimes they would see a problem in a car and they change it that next year and it just eliminated a major problem mm-hmm. that they had and this goes for all car manufacturers none of them are exempt from having some fairly serious problems with cars at times I mean I had to replace the engine in my 2009 Prius which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty ridiculous but it was at 180,000 miles but this is a car you wouldn't think you'd have to do that um you know so you've got a model that is as as your own self knows does just does not have problems big major problems so this this is a car that should last for a good bit longer just and you definitely know your regular maintenance so do that right i hope i hadn't jinxed myself by asking the question but the other uh question i have and you may or may not be able to recommend anything i need some new tires and the front ones for sure need to be replaced. Do I need to replace all four or just the two front ones? Or and if and I need something that's a little quieter than the ones I have. The ones I have now are pretty loud. They were replacements, and I think they were kind of cheap. So I think I, I need to spend a little more money and get some good, good all-purpose quiet. I see. Well, one thing I recommend, you can replace it by axle. Say you just replace your front wheel tires, but always put your good tires on the back, whether it's a rear wheel drive, all wheel drive, or front wheel drive. You need your strongest tires on the back for stability, uh, emergency situations. You'll lose your rear end on a car quicker than anything else. With that being said, um, Roddy said you might could tie in on this on some good tires. Yeah, I I would... uh, 
two things for you. Going back to your first question, I would definitely uh, maybe contact a local Honda dealer and mm-hmm. and talk to them and see if it, you're talking about issues. Ask them if there's any issues. Maybe ask them what your current service interval is, depending on your mileage. And then mm-hmm. why you've got them on the phone, you might could see what the original tires were that came on the vehicle because knowing Honda, okay. they didn't put a loud tire on right. there. So you could you could definitely yeah. see what the factory tire spec was that came on the vehicle. That's a good tip. Both, both those things are, is going to be free at any dealership that you call. They can check that out for you. And you can Google review tires. You can. You sure can. And look at what I, other I people Google, say. Uh, they, they, I've heard two comments about Bridgestone Dueler. I think it was XT. And, I mean, I read, like, about 25 comments, and that was the only one that got repeat endorsements. So For the uh, things you're looking for, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, they, they mentioned it. I didn't even say it. They mentioned it about the quietness, so mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about checking in that. Okay, I appreciate it, and I love Hondas. If we could organize a group of Honda, I mean, of uh, Element owners to... Get them to bring it back. Well, Vicky, isn't that what social media is for, That's Roddy? Right. That's right. If you've uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. uh, Forums. You, you could get this going viral and uh, really I mean, reach out does, to Honda and I'd come hang out with those you. on all of those. You know, just send, send Honda a tweet and tell them how much you like your element. That's there right. may be someone if doing that somewhere. There's not. I mean, there's like. 70% of them are Hondas, and the rest of them will be minivans and, and big cargo. But yeah. Hondas are the perfect, I mean, elements are the perfect, uh, you know, craft show truck. <laughs> you go. All right. All right. <laughs> thank well, you. Oh, thank you. So what's special about your car? Was it the cheapest you could find? Did you buy it because it was purple? We're talking about choosing a car, answering your car repair questions. We're going to take our next break, but you can send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? We'll let you know after the break. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show online at mpbonline.org slash autocorrect. No, just slash auto. I'm Liz Gill with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified with our guest, Roddy Merritt. The North American International Auto Show is still going on in Detroit, where they had a special Lincoln Continental on display. It was $110,000. They only are making 80, and it sold out in 48 hours. And they called them carriage seats, but I guess these are the suicide seats. Yeah, that, that was Honda one Element of the first cars to do it, I think, was that Lincoln? Right, yeah. The older the older Continental used to have mm-hmm. suicide doors. That's right. what kind of it was nostalgia, and they brought it back for this year. Yeah, they sold that car out 
they said it sold out immediately. Yeah, so that would probably be a classic, say, 20, 30 There had been people on a waiting list before they even announced it, and they're also going to do a 2020 limited edition, and I suppose everybody's already on the waiting list for That's that, cool. yeah. too. All right, let's go to Sean in Memphis. Sean, we're so glad that you've been listening to AutoCorrect today. I think you've crunched some numbers for us. Is that right? Yes, ma'am, I have. Go ahead. All right, well, um, I was listening to the caller asking about his, uh, asking the question about how many uh, gallons per hour he thinks his car might be using while it's idling. And he gave us one you know, two big pieces of information, actually, but the one that's critical is he said he gets about 24 miles per gallon on the highway. So, yeah, and about 20 city, I think he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to ignore that city number because, you know, there's a lot of acceleration and deceleration and variable speeds going on in there. So let's ignore that one. But if he's doing 24 miles per gallon on the highway, and to make the math uh, easy, Let's assume he's doing 72 miles per hour on the highway. You take that 72 divided by 24, you end up with three gallons per hour on the highway. Wow, it's under load. Yeah. Yep. So we can, uh, from that, we can guesstimate that his car is running somewhere around 2,100 RPMs on the highway. And... Mm -hmm. It's probably running around 700 RPMs while idling. So if you set up that ratio, if he's using three gallons per hour at 2,100 RPMs, then he would be using about one gallon per hour at 700 RPM. Okay. I like that. I can go with that. Maybe he's listening and still heard that. Well, Sean, thank you for doing the math on that. And uh, I think he can he can utilize that. That sounds good to me. Y'all think so? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all are welcome. Thank you. All right, let's go to Nick in Columbus. Nick, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Hello. Hi there. Hey. I got a couple of questions. First question. I have two 2018 Hondas, one's an Accord, one's a Pilot. We put about 10,000 miles a year on those cars. We maintain those cars at better than what the manual says, maintain them. We keep them under shed. Uh, they don't have light on them unless they are, are being used or driven. What I'd like to know about that is, does a car, do you measure a car, the longevity of the car by the mileage or by the age? Does mileage wear them out quicker? Or does age wear them out quicker? Uh, Good question. I like to say, let's balance that a little bit. For and I like to, I I feel like about eight to ten thousand miles a year should is a good average number. Over that is a uh, putting a little strain on the car. Under that, it might put a little strain on the car. But maybe we can balance that. 
you know, if possible. Sometimes you have to put more mileage on your car and just make really sure you're doing your maintenance. I've noticed some people, when they put a lot of miles on their car, they miss their oil changes because it's coming so fast. And I, I, I recommend using a, an oil that they can maybe run a little bit longer in those situations. But it sounds like you're doing the good thing for keeping the value on your car. If you can stick to an eight to 10,000 miles a year, that's going to be ideal. And if you go over that, you, you really need to watch your maintenance. If you go under that, it's you're going to have to be aware that some things are going to prematurely wear because it's not getting used. And you probably okay. want to, if your car is going under 8,000 miles a year, just drive it, try to drive it more often and keep an eye for problems related to low mileage. Okay, very good. Next question. When it comes to gas, not, not gasoline, not the, the ethanol, but the regular gasoline, for like lawnmowers and uh, and equipment that you don't run the ethanol in, uh, if you put it in the red cans, the five gallon red cans, and you keep the top on it, and you keep it inside where it doesn't get light, and you use a stabile or something like that uh, on that gas, approximately what is the average life of that gas? Oh, I have no idea. Do you know, Roddy? No clue. I know that. I know that. I would say maybe a year. I'm just guessing. Maybe so. And that's with st- stability in it. Mm-hmm. And I know what he's talking about with that because you want it to last to your next season. That's usually right. what your thought process is. If you put your lawnmower up for the season, you put the st- stability in it, or your gas weed eater, you're expecting to use it that that, that next season. It's supposed to last that long. Over that, I'm not real sure. Right. That's, well, that's I, but I don't. Do I don't really cars, know lawnmower yeah. maintenance. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. As well, well, I use a drain. I use a drain all the gas out of everything like that type of equipment and i also run it until it quits and then then i put them up for the winter and i haven't had any problems but nobody can tell me how long our gasoline will last right i I know gasoline by itself definitely has a shelf life uh, and does go bad i'm not sure how long it did i know it, it does go bad and i think maybe within a year uh, it just it wears out, so that's why you wouldn't want to keep gas for a year until your next season. But that's that. I'm I'm not really as familiar with the lawnmower and stuff like that. I'm more on the automotive side of it, which uh, usually we almost pretty much exclusively drain gas cans on cars when you know it hasn't been crunking on top before you ever crank it up. So I, I googled it. It says the uh, E10 non-ethanol gas is only good 90 to 100 days. That's mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, about a hundred well, without days. the stabile. That's without the stabile. Yes. Okay. And so. there you go. Not very long and, at all. I don't know. If you stop mowing in December and start mowing in March. Yeah. <laughs> that, right. That goes, so that probably works for Mississippi. Yeah. That's weather. Right. All right, Nick, we're so glad with your, your two comments. Let's go now to Jim in Madison. Jim, thanks for calling in to autocorrect. Go ahead. Okay, I have a comment, or I hope the lady who called in with the Honda Element with loud tires is still listening. Um, the Tire Rack um, website has a wealth of information about tires. It I love Tire Rack. Tour. You were so I almost yeah, mentioned that. They're great. They can rate not only tread life, wet drive, uh, track. Oh, they're everything. Sort of thing, For upgrading your rate, car, they're great, too. They, they give ratings on tire noise. 
how loud or how quiet they are. So she can go there and find a quiet tire. That's tirerack.com for everyone. Right. And uh, yeah. they are actually sponsors for the SCCA, the race car group that I race right. with. So I love promoting them. But, like, if you want to put a different size tire in your car, they'll give you every bit of information of what sizes you can put in your car. It's awesome. It's an awesome website. Yeah, it's great, great, thanks for, great, great thanks website. for telling us that. Thank you, Jim. But you should only put a different size tire on your car if you're willing to deal with the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to Craig in Biloxi. Craig, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yeah, good morning. A caller wanted to know how many gallons per hour his engine was using. Uh, marine engines are rated on gallons per hour. So if he finds one the same size, he can do that. All right. That's a good, good idea. Good to know. I would imagine they put that V8 in boats. Why not? They put you know 351s and stuff, and that's that's about a 351, I believe. True. Thank you so much, Craig. We appreciate that. All right. This has gone by so quick. We didn't get to talk about our, our test drive. We'll have to have you on another time, Roddy. Absolutely. And tell people how, Roddy, tell people how they can find you. Uh, if if you're looking for my podcast, it's super duper easy. You just go to anywhere that hosts podcasts uh, and just type in the smart car buyer. Of course, I'm all over social media. It's just R-O-D-D-Y-M-E-R-R-I-T-T. All right. And I'm going to talk to some Carfax people tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to find out how easy it is to roll an odometer back. So that's a beware mm-hmm. on used cars. Maybe we could have you back and we could do a beware of Absolutely. things on cars. All right. So our that's going to wrap us up for AutoCorrect. Thank you, Roddy Merritt, for being our guest. We'll listen for you on the Smart Car Bar podcast. Our call screener today has been Jay White. Our board engineer is Michelle McAdoo. And for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic, I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy Show, Kids and Teens, with Dr. Morgan McLeod. But we hope you'll join us next week at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.